Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Podcast Addict, wherever you find us. Hello, welcome. It is Tuesday and this is Deep Impact and I am here once again with my good friend Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how are you? Davey Portman, what is going on my good sir? How are you? I'm beautiful March 30th, 2021 night that we are on right now. It was rather beautiful here today uh, in Toronto. Uh, how was it where you were? It was beautiful sunshine. I was working on the patio. I had customers. It was lovely. So it's starting, uh, the, the, the warm weather is definitely coming out, my brother. It is. It keeps teasing. It keeps like poking its foot out and then like running away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I the we better like start right away and saying this is probably going to be the last deep impact for a while. Um, I'm not going to be sad face emoji. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately in a way, because me going back to work. Yes. Fortunately, man. fortunately, Fortunately, it's a a good thing. Yes. With me going back to work and the schedules changing with impact moving from Tuesdays to Thursdays and with now, uh, be covering NXT Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Um, I won't be able to be doing deep impact on a Thursday, any, uh, moving forward but uh, i kind of want to uh, still be visiting impact uh, this isn't completely the end of the show um when i can i'd like to put out kind of like uh Cino does just like little little short shows just filling people in um and then definitely be covering the pay-per-views and maybe some kind of primers going into pay-per-views so this isn't the end this is just um not not going to be weekly moving forwards but it's been fun it's kept me busy this whole impact adventure the last uh Hmm. year and however long it is now it's been about a year since i started doing the reports um and it's been cool i never watched impact before and i thought hey why not start during an empty arena 
<laughs> time, but it's been fun and I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this episode today. Indeed, I, I'm I'm very looking for very very much looking forward to talking about this episode, which we took, good, sir. Absolutely, but before we get into that, um, Andrew, you said just off air that it was a hella a day for news. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely was. Uh, just to, to start us off, David, did you get a chance to see the new um, IWGP World Heavyweight Title design and your thoughts? Um, they picked up the old Divas title and sprayed it gold, didn't they? <laughs> Um, like, I, it's with titles, you always just get used to it after a while. I just thought the old one looked so prestigious and just beautiful that I don't know. It's, I'm not a fan. Well, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I think it's just going to take some getting used to. Like, Mm. I think after like four months, I don't think nobody can give a shit to be honest with you. Like, I feel like it was just like that initial, like, uh, like what? Like what's that? Like because I mean, because the, the original, well, not the original, but the most recent, uh, 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 most recent version of the IWGP Heavyweight Title, we were so used to seeing that, mm. and then like they just brought it in this new thing, and then like I mean, it, it was kind of the same. Like it was, I, I, it kind of reminds me of when, uh, like the initial reaction to the um when they first reintroduced the Intercontinental Title for for WWE, and like it was like that 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 current version that they have now. And I remember when I first mm. looked at it, I was like, that is horrible like what in the hell are they doing and then like now i'm just like ah you know it is what it is like you i think i think you you know you kind of just hit, hit it like people people they get over it in like four or five months but yeah I, i'm not the biggest fan of it because i think the last one looked way much better but I, I feel like you know like in a couple months people they ain't okay oh yeah i'm sure people get used to it it is uh, i do just think it's disappointing it it doesn't look great but i i think anything i think there would have been disappointment whatever they brought out uh because i think people are very fond of that older title mm-hmm. and, and you and i had talked about this for for months uh honestly um uh in nxt it is confirmed that they are indeed moving to tuesday nights starting april 13th um davy your thoughts man we, we we have been discussing this like i said for for quite a while um, and and for, firstly, got to give a massive, massive uh, shout out to the Batman podcast. Like they've been on top of this story since the like, I think early March. Um, like they've been talking about like reporting on this extensively. Uh, so yeah, shout out to them for you know following through in the story and you know calling it all the way through. I, I know that's probably a real good feeling right there. But yeah, man, uh, it's official. Uh, the Wednesday night wars are over. <laughs> I'm happy that they are over because I feel like this just proves that. It just like I mean I mean it it was fun you know for the for the time being but like I, I feel like towards like this like once the pandemic hit it was kind of just like eh you know but I I feel like this is a good thing like especially for me as a as a writer like I don't have to <laughs> try to try try to like Absolutely. make sure I'm you know, when stuff is breaking on both shows like I could just focus on one and then focus on the other the next day so I think that's cool and then uh like may, may, I think this will be a actually a good thing for NXT. Because I know you said this previously, and I'm pretty sure you and Braden have dove into this one uh, on, on up next uh, plenty of times. Like NXT is kind of so, sort of kind of at times lost this luster that they once had when they were just on the network exclusively. Yeah. And maybe, you know, with the competition kind of competition thing kind of being put to the wayside, like maybe this will give NXT like to just that extra like little relief a little bit just to be like, hey. Let's get back to the root. Let's get back to what we were doing prior and then make people, you know, 
had that same thought process that they had that same thoughts about NXT that they had, you know, back in the day when they were calling it like the best one hour, you know, show on television, even though it'll be two hours. Like, you know, hopefully people will get back to that. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a good thing. I I would say anyway, I think NXT in the last few weeks has has really kind of gone back to how it used to be and focusing on themselves a bit more. Um, but I think this is only good kind of for, for both companies and for the fans. You don't have to, like Braden and I, we try and avoid spoilers for AEW. So we are trying to avoid Twitter while we're kind of promoting doing up next and that kind of thing. It can be quite hard, but I have quite enjoyed doing my Wednesday nights where we watch NXT record and then watch AEW like after as a kind of relaxing, just relaxing watching it. But it's definitely going to be better uh, moving days um, for sure. And Impact just doing, I guess, the sensible thing and going, okay, well, we'll just move to Thursday then. (laughs) And boy, did they tell us tonight on this week's show. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm actually that that, that was i was uh, i mean I, I think we all kind of saw it coming i guess a little bit but like it, it was it was kind of funny like to see you know the, the move officially man i think it was a, a smart move by impact like just just go ahead and switch days man like i, I think it was just like and now we look at the overall schedule we got raw aw dark elevation uh got aw dark you got mlw you got ring of honor on the weekend you got nwa power you got smackdown <laughs> you you got this uh this supposedly AEW Dynamite NXT you got this second TNT show uh that AEW hasn't announced yet that it has nothing to do with dark or elevation so we still got that in, in the wings that we don't know about yet you got of course you got pay per views it's I, I I think even though like it's it's kind of like a straight straight through week now without maybe some things not being doubled to to a major degree like I feel like it's it's about to be more hectic than ever bro. Yeah, and John Cena will be covering all of it. <laughs> Tomorrow, Shot in the Dark. Wednesday, uh, Shot in the Dark. Just 15 minutes, all those shows John Cena covers. But yeah, I mean, wrestling's definitely at the point now where you've you've got to pick and choose what you watch. Just because there's so much out there doesn't mean you've got to watch it all. You just have to pick. But like, if wrestling is the only thing you love, yeah. You're spoiled now, spoiled for choice. There's yeah. so much every night of the week. But um, unfortunately, kind of for the completists out there, I guess you've just got to go, right, what what shows am I going to commit to now? Because uh, there's so mm-hmm. much out there. Um, yeah. What what else was in the news today? You said there was quite a lot going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there was a lot going on, but like, there's like one thing I did want to specifically... Uh, talk to you about get your thoughts on was the uh andrade doing his uh first post wwe interview with lucha libre online i'm pretty sure a lot of people saw some of the highlights uh that were making the rounds on 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 twitter uh last night um and you know so a, a lot of sites were covering it D- davy it was it was a lot said in this uh in this interview that andrade did and he's currently doing another interview right now um but this specific one with lucha libre online i think one of the the standout uh, comments that was made when he said that WWE uh, misdiagnosed Charlotte, a WWE doctor misdiagnosed Charlotte Flair as pregnant. Yeah, and they told her that she was, um, and w- without any uh, blood work or an ultrasound being done. And then of course Charlotte and Andrade went and uh, you know t- took care of that themselves, and you know found out that she was not pregnant. 
yeah, like I said, she was found out she had found out she was not pregnant. And then, um, you know, it was a whole other thing. Charlotte uh, camp uh, released a statement um, to the media. Uh, and then, you know, they basically said that, you know, it was a portion of what Andrade say was true, but it was just the context that was kind of iffy a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, it was. Yeah, she said she a few weeks ago she received a call from WWE Medical. They were telling her that her uh, HCG levels had come back high. She was medically suspended for pregnancy uh, that day. She took several home tests uh, that all came back negative. Uh, and then a few, a few days later, the blood work and ultrasound confirmed that there was no pregnancy. Um, Andrade did get released uh, while he had COVID nineteen. Um, he was, you know, he's recovering and it's like from all, you know, from what it looks like, he's all, you know, all good to go now. Um, you know, of course, with Charlotte broke the news publicly that she tested positive for COVID and, you know, she's recovering. Uh, and, you know, they, they, he dove into a whole bunch of stuff like he turned down a three million dollar offer. Well, he wow. walked away from a three million dollar offer from WWE. Um, he talked about like how uh, what one of the one of the pettiest things from from Andrade that I read from from this interview was when he said they didn't like the, the when he was in NXT that. They, he said they, but I don't know exactly who he was referring. You can only assume that he was either referring to Triple H or Shawn Michaels or somebody of that echelon in NXT. But he said they uh, didn't like the visual of Adam Cole versus Drew McIntyre being that Adam Cole is small. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you could have left that out, bro. You ain't even had to say that. Like, <laughs> the thing, that yeah, so <laughs> I I read that. So they they said that Andrade only got the title because they wanted it to kind of... it. The visual of Adam Cole and Drew would have just been right. huge because obviously Drew's a big guy and, and uh, Adam Cole's on the on the smaller side. But the thing is, the title didn't go Drew, then Andrade, that's what, that's, that's then Cole. Saying, right? It went to Alistair that, that, Black, did it not? Exactly. exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I, I think it's just in the moment, like when you initially read the thing, it was funny and like, mm. kind of like a, a petty way. But like once you started like really thinking about it, uh, it didn't really make sense. That's why I think maybe uh, among that specific transcription, maybe that kind of got lost in context and that didn't get fully pushed all the way through. Or maybe that's what he was trying to say. Like, I, I don't really maybe, know exactly. I mean, but Cole did attack Drew on that first night, didn't he? So they were probably yeah. maybe that was the idea. And then they kind of maybe, pivoted a bit. But yeah, yeah. maybe he was referring to that. Uh, but yeah, he 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 mentioned that whole thing, and he 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 just dove into a lot, dude. Like he talked about the Saudi Arabia stuff. Um, talking about how he like opted out of you know future trips, uh, mm-hmm. of going to Saudi after the you know the incident when they got stuck before the uh SmackDown show, and they, they had the NXT. They was like you know the NXT not not NXT takeover, but you know what I'm trying to say. They took over the uh the SmackDown show, and uh yeah, he he dove into a lot, bro. And I was just wondering like your 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 thoughts about how you know open he's being and i'm not, not saying it's a bad thing like he I, I don't think he has anything to lose by doing this interview like we've seen people go and do plenty of interviews but like i, I think this one just had a lot of information hit at once especially the, with the stuff concerning charlotte and you know him talking about how there are people um backstage that are in charlotte's face in a nice way but you know are jealous of her and you know speak uh ill of her behind her back and you know all, all this stuff and you know he mentioned now um how it, it, he isn't worried about charlotte being in wwe now after uh his exit or you know this interview because he he said that she has plenty of opportunities outside of wwe and there's more so of a thing she's there because she wants to be there obviously type thing and i'm pretty sure you know charlotte's 
good, you know, from from all aspects. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It, yeah. it was a lot. It was a lot to unpack in that interview. It's it's really interesting because people don't often go this this heavy this soon. Right. Um, like we've seen people and be ah oh, yeah, I was just a bit unhappy with creative and stuff and talking about things. But as you said, it's Andrade hitting on a lot of stuff. Um, Frank in the Twitch room says nothing like burning bridges immediately. And <laughs> and I kind of agree, but I think Andrade is in this position where he's kind of able to. He's yeah. it, it's at a time when the wrestling world is is feeling a little healthier. There are lots of options out there again. And I think he also knows that they'll do what the WWE will do whatever to to keep Charlotte, I would imagine. That they're gonna want to keep Charlotte. And even with all this happening, um, I can't see them doing the petty thing of just booking Charlotte into oblivion because Andrade said something. You know, she's one of their their top, top stars who they're not gonna want to make unhappy. So I, I think because of that, he's kind of in this unique position where he can just go fuck it and say exactly how he feels. I, I believe he didn't he make some comments about um a lot of people are unhappy, but no one like does anything about it. Yeah. There's always talk yeah. and no action. And I respect that because I find stuff like the independent contractor, uh, like, sorry, situation in WWE. Us fans get so worked up about it, but nothing ever happens. And at the end of the day, it, it does need to be the wrestlers who do need to kind of stand up for themselves a bit. And I think... It's been interesting recently kind of pulling the curtain back more and more of WWE because there are all these options out there now. Um, and also, it's wrestling. Nothing lasts forever. I don't think bridges are ever permanently burnt down in wrestling. We've seen Warrior go back. We've seen Brett go back. Like, never say never, you know? Yeah, I was about to say, I was, somebody had, uh, I was talking to somebody about this last night on, on Twitter. And I was like, I guess we ain't gonna be seeing Andrade at Raw Legends night in like 15 years from now. But I mean, like, you you never know, bro. Like, I mean, I know people say uh, bridges get burned, and you know, he he did say a lot, and he did, you know, let let out a lot of information. But you you know, you you never know what could happen 10, 15 years from now. You never know. But I mean, I I think Andrade has legit nothing to lose about doing this interview. I think he is going to be a very sought out individual, or, or if not already is. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm just more so interested to see what he's going to do post WWE as far as in ring stuff. But I, I, the, the interview stuff is always entertaining, bro. I'm not going to say act like it's not. It's it's always entertaining to see what kind of stories uh, they they have uh, c- coming out of the company after being there for a period of time. Yeah, I I mean, talking about giving it time, it was we've just celebrated 20 years since the last Nitro where Jeff Jarrett gets fired by Vince live on TV. Who's on all these pre-show panels now on WWE? It's Jeff Jarrett. Like, you can never say never in wrestling. Eric Um, Eric Bischoff going for the Hall of Fame. He tried to take Vince out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, I I think good for Andrade. And I'm looking forward to just all these more interviews coming forward. Uh, It's going to be fun. Uh, Anything else before we get into this week's impact? Uh, Now let's just get into the, the impact, sir. Let's do it. Well, let's do it. Deep Impact. It's Impact Wrestling, March 30th, 2021. We start off with Knockouts Tag Team Action, Havoc and Nevaeh challenging 
Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. This is a non-title match, but if Havoc and Nevaeh win, they will get a title opportunity. Uh, over the last few weeks, there's been a bit of a losing streak between Havoc and Nevaeh. Nevaeh's been blaming herself. We've had Tennille Dashwood trying to get involved, trying to kind of poach them both as her own tag team partner. Um, but this is time for Havoc and Nevaeh to prove themselves. The match starts and Kira and Havoc go at it. Uh, Kira tries to make out like she's going to tag to Tasha, but runs back with a super kick, which gets caught and Kira gets kicked in the face, then thrown around. There's a backbreaker clothesline combo from Havoc. Nevaeh comes in with a snapmare and a drop kick to the face for a two count. Kira makes the tag to Tasha, who comes in with a drop kick to the knees of Havoc, taking her down. Fire and Flavor now have Havoc isolated in their corner. There's quick tags. And for some reason, D'Lo Brown starts talking about how Ron Simmons told him that if someone asks for an autograph, always give it to them because it's three seconds of your life, but it will be a lifetime memory for that person. I, I don't quite know why D'Lo was going on this tangent, but I thought that was <laughs> lovely. Uh, we get more quick tags back and forth between have it, between uh, Kira and Tasha. Tasha leaps off the second rope, but gets caught in a fallaway slam. Nevaeh then tags in. Natasha backs Nevaeh into her own corner, which allows Havoc to blind tag herself in. Havoc hits this scary looking sit out powerbomb on Tasha, kind of Tasha landing on her shoulders there. Looked great. Kira then tags in and counters into a DDT. Nevaeh comes in slamming Kira. Tasha runs in with a cutter to Nevaeh. There's a super kick from Kira to Havoc and then the swinging fisherman's neck breaker followed by the frog splash from Tasha Steele's 1-2-3 Fire and Flavor win in 7 minutes, 18 seconds. Um, let's go quickly into the post-match and then we can uh, talk about the whole thing. Uh, after the match, Havoc and Avea are looking devastated. Once another loss, they're not going to get a title opportunity. They're both apologizing to each other and are looking frustrated and then Nevaeh and Havoc hug each other. They're like holding each other's heads and hugging it out. And then Nevaeh attacks Havoc from behind, hits the spear, and she goes, I thought I was the weak link. And then she hits the twisting DDT to Havoc, ending their friendship. Um, thoughts on the match and the post-match, Andrew? Uh, so like, it was just a quick like couple of little notes from the match. Like I, I really like that... Um, like that wrap around kick that Kira Hogan did, like um, like when she like full circled the ring and then went and did like a uh, like a kick into the corner. I always think that move looks kind of cool. I've seen it a couple times. Like I always think that move looks uh really cool. And there was another one um when have I mean have yeah havoc she did a power bomb on Tasha Steele's dude. Oh, it looked great, it, bro. That was nasty. I was like, oh my goodness. Like it it it, it looked good, but like in a nasty way. Like yeah. she didn't lift she she didn't lift her head all the way up and like it wasn't a flat back, back bump, was it? Right. it was, yeah. That, that that was neck, all neck. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. I don't, I don't know how she got it, but she did. Um and yeah, man, uh I, I it's glad to see Kira and Tasha doing what they do best, man. Like I'm glad to see them just like get them some wins. Um, but then like immediately, like the first thing that came to my head, like once they beat uh Havoc in the bed, I was like who in the hell is next for Kira and Tasha? Like, who's in this who, division? Like, 
That, exactly. That, that's yeah. exactly what I was going at. And then, of course, the turn. And I know you I think you said it last week, Um, a possible partnership between Nevaeh and uh, Tennille Dashwood mm. could be something uh, in the work. So that that seems like the most likely thing. But like as far as like people actually contending for the knockout tag titles and you could see somebody that's actually that actually could take the titles off of um, Kira and Tasha. It's like I don't really see anybody right now, to be honest with you. No, uh, I, I really I, I enjoyed the match. I liked that um, Kira and Tasha weren't kind of doing their heel tactics so much in this. We actually just got some wrestling. And um, I think the fact that we've seen this match a lot, it was nice seeing Kira and Tasha actually bring it against these two rather than cowering away. Um, I felt there was quite a long time where Havoc was in kind of peril, where she was being kind of teamed up on by Fire and Flavor and... For me, I think there just needs to be a little bit more to take her out because she's so much more, she's so much bigger and more dominating than the other two. It just seemed a little easy that this kind of powerhouse is just getting taken out by these two. Um, the split, I, I kind of saw coming, but as as we said, what well, where's this leave the division? Even if it is Nevaeh and Tennille, you've surely got to do the Havoc feud first. So... Unless you're bringing anyone in, uh, again, I'd suggest bringing in some uh, some women from AEW who aren't doing much uh, and have them form a tag to go up against them because there's there's no one else there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Oh, David, just a quick uh, quick clarification on the note about Andrade earlier. Uh, just to shit back real quick. Just wanted yeah. to make sure, like, just to clarify this. Uh, he did say this kind of this is coming from. I just want to make sure I credit the person. This is coming from Lucha Blog. On Twitter, he said Andrade clarifies that he was not being paid $3 million a year. He could earn millions over the lifetime of the contract. Um, yeah, that that's basically just wanted to clear that okay. up. Because Andrade, like it got translated yesterday that he said he was making $3 million a year. Just to clarify that he meant, I guess he, you know, from, from the uh, the new translation, he meant, you know, over the period of, you know, certain amount of time of his contract. So, yeah, just to clear that up. But yeah, uh, going going back to Havoc uh, and Nevaeh and the knockout tag title scene, like I agree, I don't think there's anybody right now. Like I think that might be best to maybe like I, like I mean, me and you have been saying this for the longest, for the longest. Like maybe it's time to grab two people from the AEW Women's Division, um, and and and, and let them get a shot at the knockout tag team titles. Um, maybe to, just to make it more um, uh, a bigger deal. Maybe have it on you know Dynamite or something. Just but and just because of the crowd aspect so you can have people like live reacting to it like i think that would be some cool but yeah man i don't really see anybody right now in the division uh, I, I, to contest to kira and tasha i actually agree i think this is the time um for dynamite that this is actually a benefit to aew i think having these two there um th- with that Britt baker thunder rosa match i feel people they're finally starting to turn heads with their women's division i think ty conti's been great recently as well um so i i think that would be a great idea do a tag match uh for the titles on dynamite um while they're maybe on a bit of a hot streak with the women in that company mm-hmm. we go backstage to gia miller interviewing james storm uh it's going to be james storm's a thousandth match in impact tonight the crazy stuff it's insane he says 999 matches in impact damn one to go to make it one oh oh oh. As much as this should be a celebration, to me it's more of a dedication. For a guy who has had thou- a thousand matches at Impact, I wasn't even supposed to have one. 
there was a man who passed away not too long ago. He took these two punks, James Storm and Chris Harris, and went to the Impact office and said, we have to use them. Week after week, he said, we have to use these guys. And the office got tired of listening to Bob. And they used us. And the rest is history. And this tonight is for you, Bob Ryder. He then transitions say, Eric Young, you better be ready, boy, because when I go out there, I'm going to beat you up. I expect you to bring it and bring your friends because I have some friends of my own, Chris Sabin and Jake Something. They say they've got something special. And then Chris Harris walks in and they say it's been a long time. Yes, it has, cowboy, as the two former tag partners hug. Um, I thought this was a pretty good promo setting up um the main event tonight it made it feel like a big deal a thousand matches that's crazy and i thought the the dedication was super nice and bringing chris harris back was great and and storm can talk uh what were your thoughts here yeah this, this is a good segment like you said to set up the main event uh, i think it was a nice you know, nice little tribute to bob Ryder. uh i think bob passed away in i want to say november 2020 i right. think so yeah and he was of course uh beloved within impact by those in impact those that had the opportunity to work with them and uh yeah the, the, the chris harris come back bro I, I i jumped up a little bit just a little bit just a little <laughs> bit i jumped up because i was like it was like one of those like oh shit like that, that it was just cool real cool to see him um him, him and storm back man like legit one of the best tag teams in tna slash impact wrestling history you could argue maybe the best tag team uh in impact wrestling slash tna history they were so entertaining bro to watch so it was good to see um good, good to see them back together and uh like a, a, a part of me just a fa- fantasy book fantasy booking part of me or maybe overthinking part of me was just like maybe just maybe may, may, maybe they could get one more in or, or maybe that was like uh that, this is just me speculating i was just like oh maybe alex shelley might be coming back so they they can like shift uh, storm over and like have him do this like reunion thing with with Chris Harris and then like Ali Shetty could come back and get his partner but I know that's probably not gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, it I wouldn't just, surprise you know. me to be honest. Um, I what I liked about this is I got to admit on paper Eric Young versus James Storm in 2021 doesn't particularly excite me, but then right. just this segment here made me go, all right, I'm in, cool, this sounds good. Uh, I'm excited now. Like it, it just gave it bit of stakes i think the dedication the fact it's his thousandth uh the history they kind of bring up the history how they've been uh like originals in tna and all that uh i, I thought this did a good job here we're backstage with uh diana Prazo, who says she's done everything she's wanted to do in impact susan says jazz is reckless and deserves much more than what she got last week and then jazz runs in attacking susan picks up a plastic trash can and smacks it over her head to end the segment. Uh, it, it always feels funny when people use like plastic bins as weapons because we're so used to the the steel trash can, the steel chair. But I think it still would uh, pretty much hurt a plastic bin being knocked against your head. I certainly wouldn't like it, but it always makes me laugh when I see it happen. Yeah, Jazz came out of nowhere and put hands and feet on Susan. Legend. Legendary. We go to our next match of the evening. Sammy Callahan taking on Larry D. Uh, last week, Triple XL beat down on Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan came out for the save, setting up this match here between the two. 
Uh, Larry D's got some new gear here. These bright neon green uh, tights and his headband. Uh, I, I thought it looked all right. I, I, I kind of like the new gear. I thought it worked for him. It was a choice. It was a choice, definitely. I think <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe by the summer, I might, I might attempt rocking that. <laughs> Both guys go at it right away. Larry knocks Sammy down with a freight train, but misses with the follow-up splash. Callahan then starts delivering knees to the ribs and the head of Larry D. Sammy sends Larry to the outside and goes for a tope suicida, but gets caught and slammed against the apron. Sammy is now begging Larry D to bring it as Larry's delivering these vicious forearms to the face as they're brawling on the outside. They go back to the ring and there's a great looking discus lariat from Larry D. Big splash for a two count from Larry. Sammy then takes Larry D off the top rope. So Larry's on top. He kind of gets him off and delivers a great looking Death Valley driver. Sammy then goes for the package pile driver on the apron, but Larry fights back. Larry tries to go for a Death Valley driver of his own on the apron, but Sammy slips out and sticks his fingers in the eyes of Larry D. Larry fights him off, and then Sammy hits the the heat seeker, isn't it? It's MJF's move, the kind of pile driver in the ropes, Into, yeah. and mm-hmm. wins the match in 9 minutes 15 seconds. Uh, after the match, AC Romero beats up Callahan, and they're kind of teasing that maybe Trey will come out for the save, but Trey doesn't come out. And Sammy, following his beatdown, Callahan's just there laughing. Uh, and Striker on commentary says Trey passed the test. So obviously, more mind games here from Sammy and testing whether he'd come out or not. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, Andrew? Uh. I, I, I wasn't like completely into the match, but I, I figured there was going to be some type of post-match shenanigans just following up on last week. And I thought that was more interesting than the match itself. Like I was like, I, like the entire time I was like, I hope that they don't have Trey Miguel come out. Cause I was like, it, it's just good storyline progression. Like, yeah. it, it, like, and, and I think Matt Stryker did it like an excellent job explaining, you know, to, 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 to people that may not have caught it. Like, it's like, you know, of course, Sammy came out and helped Trey last week as a as a mind game type thing. And he wanted to see if Trey would do the same thing to him to further prove his point that Trey is soft. That cause that's that's basically what he's trying to get at, like that Trey is Trey, Trey is soft. And, you know, by Trey not coming out and help him, it just proved that he wasn't falling for Sammy's, uh, you know, his little games. And I, I thought that was just a good like that's just a good storyline, like progression right there. bro. like I, I told you before, I always enjoy the stuff. That like that when, when, when I always enjoy good storylines that doesn't necessarily involve a title, and I feel like those are always can be that those always can be interesting too. And I feel like this is one of those. And I'm just I, I'm enjoying the, the the back and forth uh, between Sammy Callahan and uh and, and, and Trey. I think they're doing it really well because we're not used to. Unfortunately, we're not used to baby faces being smart in wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. And the story here is. The baby face was getting beaten down and the heel saved him. And this week, the baby face doesn't help save the heel, which seems backwards. But in this case, it works because we all know what Sammy Callahan's like. We all know he's he's always playing mind games with people. So it's it's Trey kind of going, no, I, I don't trust you. And 
it's like both guys are playing chess and they're kind of one step ahead of each other here. Uh, I'm actually really enjoying this story. And to be honest, the the match I I quite enjoyed. Uh, I wasn't really expecting much going in, but I thought um, for a big guy, Larry D was keeping up with Sammy here. And I thought there was some nice heavy hitting moments. I thought uh, the stuff on the apron was kind of cool. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. So, uh, yeah, thumbs up segment from me. Um, I did get a message from Sino during this match, however, going like, what's a count out in impact? Because they were just brawling on the mm. outside forever mm. with just, yeah, no count out from the ref there. But I, I feel the refs just give up in most matches on impact after, week after week. We get it's some smart. Yeah, we get some highlights of the impact tag champions, Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson uh, highlights from the New Japan Cup. So we got. Uh, we got some Naito sightings and some Osprey sightings on Impact this week. Uh, this video package ends and we see that Kenny Omega, Don Callis are, and the Good Brothers are sat down watching it. And for, for a second, I didn't know what they were doing because they weren't standing next to the TV. So I, I had no idea what they were watching here. Uh, just... Yeah, unique to see people actually watching TV as you're meant to watch TV in wrestling, <laughs> I thought. Uh, Don and Kenny are just, like, gushing over Finjuice here. They're just saying, wow, they're good, these guys. They Haven't they improved? They look so much better. And you see Gallows and Anderson just looking kind of salty in the corner as, obviously, they lost their tag titles to Finjuice. Uh, Gallows and Anderson are like, nah, they're, they're not all that. And Don suggests maybe playing the one-winged angel video again from last week. And Don questions the Good Brothers. He says, you haven't been yourselves recently uh, since losing those tag titles. And Carl Anderson blames Gallows. And Gallows says, well, Anderson, you were the one that got pinned. And then Kenny comes up with an idea, whispers it to Don, who whispers it to Carl, who whispers it to Gallows. And they all seem happy. And the Good Brothers walk off. They hatched a plan. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was good. It's always kind of nice to see Kenny and Don on Impact, I think. And um, I like that the Good Brothers are still kind of, with Finjuice not being there, they're still keeping the idea of the tag titles alive by being uh, upset about this loss. Yeah, it, it, that, the, the comedy of Omega Callus and the Good Brothers literally being within arms reach of each other, but passing on information by ear. Yeah, whispering it was it was kind of funny. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this storyline because it seems like Omega and Callus are like purposely teasing the Good Brothers and like not in a just like oh one week all friendly thing. It's like they trying to urge them to do something. Like and 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 like the the first thing that kind of came to my head, I was like, G G Gallows and Anderson haven't really been uh, beefing with with with. with the young bucks it's more it's been more so kenny omega that's had a falling out with them and gallows and anderson are kind of like stuck in the middle mm. i guess so like maybe uh callus and omega are trying to push them a little bit and like i, I guess bringing like a certain certain edge per se out of the gallows and anderson characters maybe like to like i, I don't know like i was like maybe i'm over, like over analyzing it but it just seemed like they're kind of pushing them in a certain direction but like i really can't put my finger on it as to like what they're trying to do but it's interesting though it's not like a bad thing it's just it's, it's just got me curious no i, I completely agree and, and i actually think this would be this would be a great 
opportunity, if you can, to bring in G.O.D. Because Mm. you can have that other tag team from the Bullet Club. And whether it be Kenny actually kind of choosing them over the Good Brothers, or as you said, a way to kind of push the Good Brothers, just play with that jealousy a bit. Like, oh, I can can play with these friends instead. And um, yeah, we, we go back as well and just trying to... Like kind of push the Good Brothers to be better, maybe. But uh, I think that could weave quite nicely with the story, but whether we're going to see that or not, uh, who knows what the Forbidden Door will offer. Yeah, hey, David, I was going to ask you, uh, we, we like you mentioned uh, New, New Japan right there for a minute. Uh, with, with you mentioned, I think you mentioned Cobb and Osprey or somebody. Like I was like, who, who do you think is going to be the, the, the mystery person that they're teasing to reveal to be a part of um, Osprey's group in, in, in New Japan? Oh yeah, uh, they they they've been building the person X as they're describing him, and like I I can't really call it like I I think it might be one of the uh maybe somebody coming back from excursion like I mean it really hasn't been one I guess because of the pandemic but like I was just curious as to who you think it could be. Yeah, I haven't really given it uh much thought. Um, I mean, would they want to do another kind of? Guy coming like back from new per- excursion, yeah. seeing that they've got Great Okan yeah. there. Yeah, um, right. Is it someone kind of turning from another faction to join them? Or um, I'm trying to think. I uh, Come back to me on that one. Do you have any theories? I, I, I have a theory. And it's, it, and it's an individual that I was supposed to uh, record an interview with. Ooh. But our interview got pushed back two weeks and he he has been in New Japan, and this individual told me uh, that th- there was there was something happening that would prevent us from doing this interview on the date that we were supposed to do it. So we had to push it back. And Sakura Genesis on the fourth, and our interview is a week after that. So you know that that that, that that's who I think. I don't want to like. I mean, I, I feel like I should say it, but I don't want to spoil it because I mean, I don't think it's. I, I mean, it might not be. It could be just be completely happenstance, but it was just like weird timing. So, yeah, that, th- this individual who I'm referring to, that's who I, you know, that's who I think it is. And hopefully, hopefully I get the interview, you know. So, yeah. And the interview Andrew's referring to is obviously Johnny Swinger. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Callahan comes into Trey Miguel's locker room and he's a bit pissed. He says, you know, I saved your ass last week against Triple XL. And uh, Trey gets up all kind of amped up. Sammy goes, sit down. I don't want to fight you. But why didn't you return the favor? And Trey says, what do I owe you? Sammy says, look, we fought and I saw exactly what you're lacking. Passion. And I pushed you to get that out of you. But how long have I known you? And Trey just screams, irrelevant. Sammy Mm. says he wants Trey to hone that anger. Trey says, and this might be the line of the night, Trey says that he doesn't need Callahan's validation. You're not my Twitter check, Mark! Have you ever said that to anyone? <laughs> I, I, I've never heard anybody use that verbiage <laughs> in my life, baby. Let, let's make it happen. You're not my Twitter check, Mark! <laughs> well, what, like, what does that even mean? It means I don't need your validation. Okay. Like, okay. It, it just, I don't know, it, it seemed 
Way too thought out a line in this kind of heated moment. I can't believe you just spit that out when you're kind of in this rage. Maybe um, have you ever seen those TV shows where it sounds like the people who write the scripts have never had a human interaction like a day in their lives? Yeah, I watch Monday Night Raw every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yes it's it's it, yeah it's one of those lines maybe it looks good on paper it, in execution ah it was just a bit messy um sammy then offers being trey's mentor uh trey's still all fired up callahan says look what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go to scott Demore. i'm gonna ask for a tag match against triple xl and i'm gonna say that i want you to be my partner and i'm gonna see if you show up or not um the the kind of Twitter checkmark line aside, uh, kind of all jokes aside, I, I thought this was pretty great. I, I thought both guys yeah. were awesome. I love, I, I think Sammy is such a great kind of just manipulator. Like the whole time you're kind of watching him going, okay, what what is your angle here? What is your game? Like, what are you trying to get out of this? Why are you trying to help this guy? And I think Trey... Trey just goes all in like with his his anger his his intensity um I think there's a point that he could probably dial it back and if he can internalize some of that as well I think it could be really powerful uh but I think in performing it's always good to kind of it's better to pull someone back than trying to get someone to bring more and I I think Trey always throws his all into it uh what did you think about this yeah I think it was a good back and forth uh segment between you know trey and sammy like i like i i I really i think they're doing a real good job of how they're presenting sammy here because like now i can't really tell if he's being genuine his character is being genuine or he's just trying to like really bait trey in like it's like weird because like when when he was in the ring and he was like giving the like lord devilish smile to the camera i was like okay you know he 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 might he's trying he's trying to like obviously bait trey in but then, like, ever they were having a conversation backstage, I'm like, what, what's Sammy Callahan's character, like, really want to team with this dude? Because he sounds like he really does. And, like, Trey's just not buying it. Like, it, 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 it's it's good, bro. It's, like, good. It's a really good storyline that they got going on. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they pay it off. Like, of course, I think, you know, it's probably going to end up happening at Rebellion. Um, I can't really like, – I don't think it's going to end up with them winning the tag titles or anything like that. But – um may, may, maybe they do you know the typical you know can they coexist type thing and then they end oh, yeah. eventually break off and then you know they get the big blow off match which i think would be good yeah match. yeah I, I think that this has still got a, a couple of months of storytelling in obviously they'll they'll do the teaming for a bit before we get to that eventual match but yeah I, i'm finding this compelling and i i think both guys are performing it really well we go to our next match of the evening. Brian Myers taking on Suicide. Suicide takes down Myers early. He locks in the octopus stretch, but Myers makes it to the ropes. Suicide hits a few palm strikes to the chest. Myers then gets caught with a drop kick. Suicide sets up for something, but Myers fights back and hits a falcon arrow for a two count. Myers then hits the roster cut lariat for the win in two minutes, 58 seconds. Uh, bit of a nothing match here uh i was actually surprised how much suicide got in before the finish uh i did think myers lariat looked better this week i want to add like i don't know if i like if i'm just late to the party why does myers with the um eye patch thing uh it was his feud with eddie edwards i think 
was it Eddie Edwards he was fighting and he got uh he got like thumb in the eye or something and was uh, came in with the doctor's okay. note saying his eye is impaired and then Cardona accidentally elbowed him in the eye a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay, and he probably no, just I'll, thinks I'll, it I'll, looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just wondering why they uh, like where they came from, but I, I felt like it was more so of a thing. Like I just missed that. Like I, I was like, yeah, I was just wondering. I was like, what the hell is the you sporting the eye patch for? But there you go. <laughs> Uh, after the match, Myers gets on the mic. He says, so my old pal Matt Cardona has challenged me to a match. That's lovely. But even with one eye, I see right through you. You want the rub from the most professional wrestler. But it's not happening. Not here. I'm the franchise in Impact Wrestling and it doesn't include you. Uh, good promo. I, I think they're building up this feud uh, pretty well. Um, I can't say I'm too interested in the match itself, but uh, I think they've been doing a good job on the build. Yeah. Uh, so we, we most like, you, you think we head into hardcore justice or head into rebellion with this? I think this could be rebellion. Okay. Yeah. They, they're, yeah, most likely they're probably going to go for the, you know, the, the big pay-per-view uh, for instead of the impact plus show. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they could turn out a good match. Um, that of course I I don't want to see you know anything bad like I want to see them go out there and be able to put on the best match that they can so you know hopefully we get that uh, I I kind of been like in and out of the few like there there have been points where they've had me and there are points where they lost me but then like you know I, at the end of the day I just want to see a, a good match so hopefully uh, Cardone and uh, Hawkins I, well, I was about to call him Hawkins Jesus <laughs> Christ um Ryder uh, Ryder and Myers. <laughs> Just say Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. We all know. Um, But yeah, these two are legit best friends. And I think they're going to want... They've never had a stage like of a singles match in WWE like at this level. So I think it would be cool. Um, They're they're obviously going to throw their all into it. I I do see it at Rebellion. But I'm with you. Little hot and cold. But I think in general they've done a pretty good job with it. We see Jazz backstage who finds Tommy Dream- Dreamer. She says she's looking for Deonna and she wants a title match against Deonna Prazo. Dreamer says, hey, remember back when we were in ECW and we did a little thing called Ultimate Jeopardy where both people have to put something on the line. Well, if Deonna puts something on the line, if you if you win, you, you get the title. But if you lose, what are you going to put on the line? And Jazz just casually goes, yeah, I'll put my career on the line. Tommy Dreamer's like, no, 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 don't do not do that. You don't need to do that, Jazz. Jazz goes, I appreciate that, Dreamer, but that's how bad I want it. <laughs> I don't know about you. This was the most underwhelming I'm putting my career on the line ever. Is that like So the, the thing about it is that... Uh, what what Dreamer was saying was legit when Jazz did that interview um with Chris Van Vliet uh back late back uh late last year. Um she yeah, when she announced, officially announced her retirement, uh Dreamer was the one that called her and was like, Hey, like, come on now, like let's get you here, like you're not gonna like retire like through an interview. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't want that for her. Yeah. Like he wanted her to kinda end her career on a you know, in the ring. You know, he called like he Jimmy Jimmy was the one that legitimately got her an impact. 
So I think that was like the significance of that segment. So that, I mean, I like that. That's why I kind of, you know, when I saw it, I got it. And I was like, you know, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, that she, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about it. Like it could have been more intense. Like I felt like, you know, it could have been like a little, a little bit more like emotional, I guess the fact that she's willingly put on her career on the line. But I guess that kind of like negates it when like jazz is like, has been openly saying on Twitter all of 2021 that this is her retirement year. Like she's literally going on retirement tour. Like she got dates lined up for a uh, mania weekend in Tampa, uh, in a couple weeks. Um, and she's going to be riding it out all the way through the end of the year. And this is going to be her last year in pro wrestling. So I, I, I maybe, you know, this is just her way of, you know, going off in the sunset as far as impact goes and like going, going off big by, you know, having a talent, uh, that will be around for the next couple of years or however long it being Dion Perrazzo being able to say that, you know, Hey, I ended Jazz's career in impact wrestling. Like Jazz just seems like the type of person that like, that would be game for that. So, you know, kudos there. Like I, I, hope, I hope this, I, yeah, like I, I hope this isn't the end of her impact run. Uh, but if it is like, you know, she did a hell of a job, bro. She was used properly she didn't um you know take away from no. the, the 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 talents that are going to be here when she's gone like i think she did a excellent job like just overall and i i, th- I think she kind of gave like something for jordan grace to really sink her teeth into over the past couple of months because i don't know what the hell jordan grace would have mm-hmm. been doing had it not been for jazz so yeah man shout out to jazz bro that's a living legend right there i yeah, get that lady her flower that's like one of the the best uh, black female wrestlers, best female wrestlers, best wrestlers uh, that has had a very successful career, and like she deserves to have this like retirement tour and all the flowers and all that good stuff. Like, legitimately, one of my favorite uh, favorite African American wrestlers to 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 see progress throughout the years. Like, Jazz is legitimately, she's a legend, bro, and she deserves <laughs> every single and like legit every single bit of flowers uh, that that she's gonna get uh, this year. And, and I hope she has a excellent wrestlemania weekend and come up with all the money that she possibly can <laughs> and, and i know she's um training uh people with thunder rose at their school uh down to texas and she's like a, a producer or like a co-booker of like swe fury down there in texas and stuff like that so yeah uh like again bro that's a legend like show respect to that lady like she's legit done it all oh completely uh, yeah big, big, big up to jazz man I just felt there was more you could have got out of this. Um, I, 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 behind the scenes, I completely agree with you that this is probably Jazz's idea where she's wanting to wind down. She wants to wind down like with a end kind of on a high against the champion or whatever. Just Tommy Dreamer is it, kayfabe wise. Tommy Dreamer is the booker of this show. He can just make the match. <laughs> and yeah. it, it felt to me, you know, when you're playing like, uh, I don't know if you ever have like poker nights with your mates and it's going on late and you're kind of still in the game, but you're all so tired and just want the game to end. So you just go, all right, I'm all in. I'm either, I'm either going to win or I'm going to go to bed. You know, I'm going to lose. And this, mm. that kind of felt like how jazz was here. She's like, yeah, I'll just put my career on the line. Yeah, I'll just put it on the line. Whereas <laughs> oh, you, yeah, yeah, no. you normally have these more emotional moments. You can have Diana say it like, Tommy wanting to book the match, but Dionna saying, well, contractually, I only have to defend so often and I'll be defending at Rebellion, so no. And you can have Jazz saying how much she wants this and she needs this. And then eventually breaking, you go, you know what, I'll put my career on the line. It should be... You know, all, all the words you just said about Jazz, about how great this performer has been, the longevity of her career. And she's announcing that will be a retirement match in a 
casual conversation with Tommy Dreamer backstage. I don't know. It just mm. felt a bit underwhelming for me. But uh, yeah. I, I'm looking no, forward no, to the no. match because I'm a big fan of Diona. I'm with you. I think Jazz has been uh, putting on some good work in Impact since she's coming back. And this could be a really nice swan song for her. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Just just to clarify, like one hundred percent, uh, like that, like when I was giving Jazz all the praise, I wasn't like in direct response to what, what you were saying. I was just showing her love, man. That was For like sure, one of yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that that was just one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Like, I'm glad to see her like have this like career resurgence out that she was thinking about calling it quits. It was just it's just cool to see. But yeah, I, I do think it was kind of underwhelming how they announced that it was like in a like like in a very casual conversation way. Like, hey, you know, uh, let's do this match, and I'm um, you know. Put my career on the line. Okay, cool. Let's do it. And yeah. it was like one of those things. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the match. Like you said, um, I think it is going to be good for Deanna, man. Like just give her like that, you know, braggadocious heel thing that she can throw in Jordan Grace's face when they eventually have their title match. Because I think that's what's going. I think Jordan Grace is going to win the um the weapons match um at Hardcore Justice, and she's going to be the number one contender. And it'll be a thing of. Deanna be able to say like hey I ended your tag team partner's career and impact what are you going to do about it and then you know it's like a little bit more fuel to the fire in that feud and I, th- I think it's a good way to build to uh, Deanna and Jordan's next match if that's the direction they go I- I'm completely with you the following announcement is paid for by AEW we get the Tonys Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan and TK looks fucked he's on some in this mm-hmm. week He's still mm. wearing his Valentine's Day uh, heart-shaped glasses. He's wearing his Jaguars bomber. Uh, l- looks great. What a guy. Uh, Tony says, this Tony Khan says, last week was one of the best dynamites ever, and tomorrow's going to be great. It's going to be arcade anime. Uh, sorry, arcade anarchy. It's going to be a wild match. I've spared no expense. And he says, impact. Kenny Omega might be your world champion soon. And soon my problems will be your problems because he is a pain in my ass. Tomorrow night, we're going to get Kenny Omega, the AAA champion, the AEW champion and soon to be Impact champion, teaming with the Good Brothers to take on the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. And he says, and by the way, I have first rights on all of Kenny's dates. Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 so I, I was wondering, do anybody in the chat know, like, why do they keep calling Laredo Kid the Triple A Cruiserweight Champion when Leo Rush beat him for the title in January? Like, I'm I'm confused. Like, did he win it? That he win it back at some point, or are they, are they just not acknowledging oh, Leo I, Rush as champion? I didn't. I I thought he was just saying that Kenny Omega's the Triple A Champion, which he's. No, he, he, oh, he said Cruiserweight no, no, no. as well. No, he he referred to Laredo Kid as the Triple A Cruiserweight Champion. They 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 did it last week on Dynamite too, oh. and they called him a Triple A Triple A Cruiser. And I was just like, didn't Leo Rush beat him for the title at the MLW show? Or like, are they just not acknowledging Leo Rush's champion? Or like, maybe like I mean, I, I know those MLW tapings were taped, um, not not quite a while back, but like you know, they 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 were taped in bulk. So like, I, I was just wondering like, what was the the whole deal behind that? Like. Because I don't think he's the cruiserweight champion right now, or maybe I'm just like a little don't... look. Um, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's saying that it's Leo Rush, right? It's Leo Rush. This was a unification match that included Leo Rush's MLW. Yeah, weird. It's so uh, weird, bro. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't really. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, what I, like I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Khan's just wrong here because he's he's clearly on something tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but when he was saying uh, all, all the bookings go through me, he was yeah. like, "I'm the forbidden door." But that that was hilarious, bro. Was it was funny. a great Cause line because I, mean, I mean it's kind of true, but like it, 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 it was a good line. It is, yeah. He's saying, uh, as you said, all the bookings go through me. I have the first rights <laughs> on all of Kenny's dates. Uh, he says tomorrow it's going to be Christian Cage versus Frankie Kazarian, and they had some classic matches at Impact Wrestling. He calls Frankie a legend and one of the most winningest wrestlers on the AEW roster. He says we're also getting John Moxley taking on Cesar Bononi, and we're going to keep the hot streak going with MJF is going to give a gift to the pinnacle. Hikaru Shida and Tainara Conti, sorry, Tai Conti taking on the bunny and Nyla Rose. And we have Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall with Arn Anderson as the special guest referee. All of that tomorrow. Um, yeah, uh, I think Dynamite looks pretty stacked tomorrow, but um, TK's performance here, what, what were your thoughts? He was a... Uh... He was hyped up. Leave it at that. He was he he, he he just he just seemed like he was a uh, you know just just trying to take on a different tone, you know, just be more a little you know in your face, opposed to you know he he he's kind of been like that at, at certain points, but he was just more like aggressive, I, I guess in this sense. So I mean, it, it was different and uh, it was kind of funny. I and I'm I'm talking about the character here. I'm not talking about the person. Right, I'm right, talking about the right. character of Tony Khan, what he's playing. I'm getting this. Okay, we all know he's he's a rich kid, right? Born in, born mm. into money. His dad is is an incredibly rich man. That put a lot of pressure on Tony Khan, on a young Tony. He's he's taken all those classes at school, extra classes, extra exams. Needs to stay up studying. He's he's probably he's probably popping a few pills. I think a bit of Adderall, some energy drinks, a lot of caffeine, and it's just stayed with him. I'm talking about the character of Tony Khan here, Andrew, (laughs) the character, because this is what I got. He was, he was on a lot of Adderall or, or Coke or what it was just, it, it felt like he just done a line and was like, right. Oh, I've got to advertise tomorrow's dynamite on impact. I, that's completely what he's going for here. I, I'm not. I'm not alone in thinking this, and I am saying the character. I'm not saying Tony is just ripping a line and then going on Impact to advertise his show. No, I think this is the character, but I think it's great, and he needs to continue this, whatever he's doing. In nine days, wow! The, 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 this is this is the that that that's going to be the clip that's going to officially get us taken off all post wrestling <laughs> networks. Well, <laughs> this is the last one for a while, anyway. So. <laughs> We go to Swinger's Palace and Johnny Swinger is celebrating that his casino is making bank. They're printing money. Johnny Bravo, who's the croupier there, wants to go to the bathroom and Swinger says, well, no, you can't go. What if uh, some Mizart comes in wanting to spend all his money? And he just gives Bravo a cup to pee in. And then two characters I did not expect to see coming into Swinger's Palace tonight. Yes. Kenny Omega and Don Callis come in. Time out, Time out Davey. Don Callis <laughs> and Johnny Swinger in the same vicinity. I need a podcast in character reviewing wrestling. Yeah. I'm you, this would be the funniest shit. 
Like these, like these, these dudes are hilarious, bro. Like, like just off the right. I, I know you'll get into it, man. But like, Cat Kyle is immediately coming in. It was like the last time I saw you was like pre cell phone era, and, and he was like, he, he and, and Don Callis was like, we we might have to get ourselves tested. I'd leave it here, like dude, like just the, uh, <laughs> the just like the little back and forth interactions that him and Swinger had, bro. Like they are genuinely like hilarious. They were great. The disdain on both Don and Kenny's face just being in this place. Uh, yeah, Don is insulting the place, calling it dirty, apologizes to Kenny for bringing him somewhere like that. Um, but the thing Don is interested in is what the odds are right now at Swingers Palace for Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. And Swinger says it, it's pretty tight right now. It's one to one. And Kenny looks mad. Like, what do you mean it's tight? So Don pulls out his phone and shows him the same one-winged angel video from last week. Mm. And Swinger goes, oh, well, after seeing that, the odds have swung in his favour. So Don Callis puts 20k down on Kenny Omega. And uh, yeah, uh, I thought this was great. This was this was a lot of fun. I did not expect to see Kenny Omega interacting with Johnny Swinger. And now I want the match. <laughs> Can you imagine Johnny Swinger popping up? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want Johnny Swinger on dynamite. Man, I don't say <laughs> that. But but but, but I, I can definitely see more inter- more interaction between him and Callis because that that that's what I want. Because like the bro, I'm 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 more of a my humor is more of a sarcasm, like very witty, like asshole assholeish type yeah. comedy. Like that that's that's the stuff that makes me laugh. And like I feel like these two are like exactly like a, ber- a perfect combination of like all those things like and I, I i just need more segments from them uh, are you a betting man andrew do you like to gamble i do not okay because the the one criticism i have about this segment is why would don Callis get swinger to make the odds better for kenny and then place the bet kenny Kenny's mad because the odds are like close, like they're they're pretty close. Whereas, surely you'd want them when the when the odds are bigger. So like, mm. if it's oh, three to one Kenny to win, that's you're gonna get more money. You put twenty k down, you're getting sixty k. Now they're down to like oh, it's just one to one Kenny to win. You're only getting another twenty k back. I don't know. I thought Callis was a bit dumb here, but a fun segment. I'm just overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Swinger gonna take his money. Yeah, he better. We go to our next match of the evening. It's TJP teaming with Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. And this match is brought to you by tag team partners that can't get along. Mm-hmm. Alexander and Fulton go at it right away. Uh, there's quite a cool moment where Alexander catches Fulton's boot. So Fulton uses his dreaded hair to kind of whip him to break the hold. I thought that looked pretty cool. Fulton then uh, runs face first into the turnbuckle and sold this really well. Just drops the floor and Ace Austin tags himself in. Uh, Fulton gets involved on the apron. So Alexander slaps him like a real Stephanie McMahon slap there. There's a bit of competitiveness showing now between the partners Alexander and TJP. Uh, Alexander took out Austin where kind of TJP wanted to do it instead. TJP then tags himself in and Alexander looks a bit mad about it. 
Uh, Fulton now starts manhandling TJP, throwing him around, choking him in the corner. Alexander comes in with some running forearms and a rolling elbow. There's a big vertical suplex from Alexander to Fulton. Uh, Alexander goes for the Tiger Driver 98, but gets backdropped and then eats a big boot from Fulton. Uh, then Fulton gets Alexander up in a vertical suplex. Austin goes on the top rope. They're going to hit their double team move, but Alexander fights out and TJP takes out Austin. There's the boot wash from TJP to Austin. The ref just isn't trying to get anyone back in their corners. Everyone's just in the ring. We get a Yakuza kick. Alexander follows up with a big splash, but TJP doesn't get out of the way. And thus Alexander splashes TJP as well. Austin then hits this beautiful spin kick, followed by this double knees faceplant for a two. There's a rolling senton like on the shoulders from Alexander, followed by the mamba splash from TJP. And then Alexander and TJP start fighting over who's the legal man. The ref says it's TJP. So Ace Austin rolls him up and one, two, three. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton win. Um thought this was quite an entertaining match and I actually thought they did the the partners that don't get along thing a bit better than I see at times I thought uh just the confusion over the kind of who was actually legal at the end but again I blame the ref there the ref should be trying to get the illegal man out of the ring what were your thoughts yeah, here you you know this was a really good match I did enjoy this a lot and I and I, I did like that Josh Alexander uh got protected I think this was a, like a really, really good, like, this is a very, very, like, good string of back and forths and moves between, you know, like, of course, the team of uh, Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fawson and then Josh Alexander being on the team with that other guy. Um, <laughs> but, but no, man, it, I, I think it was a good match. Um, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I think it's going to be, I, I, I want to say Ace and Josh at, uh, at Rebellion. Or at the Hardcore Justice Show, but I definitely think TJP is going to be involved some way, somehow. Like I, I think maybe they do um, a singles at uh, the Hardcore Justice Show, and then maybe they go to three way because it's the bigger, you know, the, right. the more quote unquote attractive match at the big pay per view Rebellion. Like yeah. maybe they do some type of, you know, uh, some, some some type of messy finish at the Hardcore Justice Show just to get out of that and. Uh, carry it a few weeks later into the rebellion. So yeah, I, I think I think either way, like you, whether it be a singles or a triple threat, um, it's gonna be good because Ace Austin, Ace Austin's on the road right now, bro. Ace Austin's great. Just whenever he comes in the ring, the the match just picks up. That that spin kick he did just looked so good. Um, and I've been really into Josh Alexander recently as well. So I'm with you. I think they're gonna put on some good stuff. Um, I'm I'm enjoying these these combinations recently. We the, the, the fold is like the fold is like a really I, I don't I don't know why I find that move so interesting. It just seems like a regular neck breaker, but it's not. No, like it's it, it, like it's, it's, it just maybe it just looks cool. Maybe he's just like it just the like how quick he is. It's almost like a destroyer, is isn't it? The way he does it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very cool, and it's it's pretty protected as well with him. We go to the locker room. Willie Max sat down, and Don Callis comes in to talk to him. Uh, Willie goes, "What's up, fool?" To Don, which I found <laughs> quite funny. Callis uh, says that, look, I really like Mac and I have big, big plans for you. Um, and then picks up, what was it? The dip? I, I don't know what this is. Was this weed or <laughs> what was this? <laughs> <laughs> Are 
<laughs> you okay? <laughs> right. So he he. I, I'm assuming that he was trying to apply and imply that that Willie had weed on him. Yeah. Uh, and and that 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 could be it. I mean, that that could be interpret, interpreted like in in many ways. So I, I think that's a, a whole can of worms. That I don't think a lot of people want to open. But we're gonna leave that as what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's what he was trying to imply that Willie had weed on him. But I think it was more so of like a maybe it was like just a a joke joke jokey joke type thing, like a little elbow on the uh, on the shoulder type thing type of joke. But yeah, that that, that that's what he was trying to imply. It seemed like because I've heard like he he called it dipping I think and I I'd never heard of this until I listened to Renee's podcast recently where she said that uh, John Moxley dips a lot and I had to look up what it is and it's like some sort of dipping tobacco so that you like put in your gums or whatever uh, so I've, I've never heard of it maybe oh, so wait yeah no, I, yeah oh yeah you you might be yeah dipping tobacco like uh cigarettes okay yeah. so i think but like, P- like like pcp that's what it is either way whatever it is don definitely implies that matt gets high off this stuff because he goes oh i don't how can you wrestle after taking that um <laughs> so uh yeah don-, don is just saying like how much he likes willie mac but wants to show him something and he pulls out his phone again and shows the one-winged angel video and says that that's what's going to happen to him as Rich Swan walks in. Uh, Don says that Kenny and him love Swan's finishing move and Kenny can't wait to kick out of it. Swan tells Callis to stand up and face him like a man because Callis is just sat there. Callis says that I'm in your head and Swan denies that. He says, no, you're not in your, my head, but it's just pissing me off. You're coming around showing everyone the video. Um, Swan says he's going to kick ass. He's going to kick Kenny's ass. And Callis warns him about his language and says that, hey, remember, I am an executive here. I am your boss. So I'd watch your language around here. Rich Swan says, look, if you weren't my boss, I would slap you. And then he starts making fun of the Golden Sheik. And Callis says, look, okay, for the next 10 minutes, let's say I'm not an executive. You say you'd slap me if I'm not if I'm not your boss. Well, for the next ten minutes, I won't be. And he pulls off his sunglasses, which made Mac very excited. He's like, "Oh, the glasses are coming off!" And just as Swan is getting in Callis's face, Kenny attacks him from behind. The good brothers are there. There's this almighty brawl. Eddie Edwards gets involved to help out, and they chase off the good brothers and Kenny. And the Impact locker room are standing tall as Eddie Edwards is screaming after them. Uh, I love this. I think it's about time Impact is standing up for the locker room. And I think Eddie Edwards is that character. He he is that kind of locker room leader there. It made it absolute sense that he'd be the one trying to defend and chase off the outsiders. Uh, I, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, it's, fun. it's funny you mentioned that because like, Eddie Edwards has been, like if you notice over like the past couple months on Impact, like he's really inserted himself into that role of locker room leader and impact on TV. Like you've like gradually have seen this happen. Like, and it, it kind of re- really came to the forefront last week. I think I, it was like s- something specific happened. Uh, like when you got a gallows and Anderson's face, 
and told him to leave uh, when, when they, you know, when he, when they tried to talk to the people in the locker room. So I think that was, you know, it, it, it was cool, man, to see Eddie right there de- uh, defending, you know, well, c- coming to the the, the aid of Rich and um and Willie Mack. I think it's gonna be a good uh, six man tag next week. And, and, and you know what, bro? I, I'm glad at how they really are presenting Rich Swan. Like they're not trying to make him out as the, like this secondary champion because he really is, bro. Like one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm glad that they're like presenting him in that light and like giving him like that, you know, j- just that extra little mm, that he need in his character to uh, combat the wittiness of a Don Callis and the, uh, you know, or or star power that Kenny Omega has. Like, I feel like they've done like a really great job of presenting Rich Swan on the same wavelength of a Kenny Omega when Kenny Omega's on impact. Like, it doesn't seem like Kenny Omega's like this way bigger deal than Rich Swan. Like, they, they're kind of presenting them in like on the, like on the same playing field. And I think that's, that, I, I just gotta give kudos to impact, um, you know, for how they presented Rich Swan. Cause he, he, he deserves to be presented uh, in that light, and I'm I'm glad they're doing that uh, before the before the big match. Yeah, he's seeing seeming more and more credible every week. I think when he started his reign, he was the the underdog going up against Eric Young, right. coming back from the injury. I think the Moose Happy feud to be there. exactly. I yeah. think the Moose feud really helped him kind of tap into a a bit more serious side of his babyface persona and a bit more credible. Uh, I I thought he stood out really well here, uh, and I just liked the Impact guys not looking like geeks actually fighting back mm-hmm. for once and not just because it, it we've been saying for months now it's just AEW kind of shitting on impact and nothing ever happens back and sure we still haven't quite seen something on dynamite but i think this was the right thing having them come on top here and yeah it's announced we're getting Kenny and the Good Brothers versus Swan Mac and Eddie Edwards next week on uh, on impact so um Kenny wrestling on impact tv for is that the first time ever it's yeah yeah i think so so big stuff next week um i'm sure that will do well for them we go backstage where we see hernandez who is approached by rohit who's telling him what a great team they are they just had a match on the the before impact show the pre-show he says we're a great tag team and i have this new tag team name for us it can be ILX, the Indian Latin Exchanged. Um, sorry, was it LIX? My bad. Latin Indian Exchange. Yeah. Uh, Hernandez says, Look, we're not friends and we're not tag partners. Um, I'm only involved with you when I have money in my hand. So go get me some money. Mm. And we then see a little, uh, very quick commercial for, um, for something it's previewing something it says coming soon to impact and it's like uh the what's the game show with the missing words wheel of fortune yeah it's like the wheel Mm. of fortune letters um blanked out and thanks to john ceno he suggested it's it's probably meant to spell out let's get wild so uh, a bit of a commercial here for taylor wilde perhaps Mm. Look, look, look at ceno yeah, look at CNC. I can't man. be. I've got to give the credit where it's due. <laughs> shot, shot in the dark, legend right there. Mm. Telling the goat. I, I, I got. I, I wouldn't. I thought it was like some fucking Impact Plus special or something like that. Like, but that, I mean, it does make sense that uh, you know, t- tell her why she been saying for a minute. 
that she was going to come back to Impact. And I know it's been reported that she was coming back, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see her. You know, I, I think it'll add something nice to the division, bro. Like, may, may, maybe um, Jazz can step away if she loses this match with Dion, and then Taylor can come back in and fill that veteran role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. could probably go in the tag division as well. Um, maybe if Nevaeh is going to go with Tennille, maybe with Havoc or something. I don't know. How how old is uh Taylor Wild, bro? Uh, that you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I can look it up. Uh, 35. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Brother's age. Cool. I'm excited to see her back, man. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. The, the women's division definitely needs it. I think we, we've been saying for the last few weeks since losing Tyre um, and obviously uh, Kylie Ray as well, it, it, it seems a little threadbare. Um, so it's good to inject uh, something else to the division. Yeah, I was about to say, like, the only reason I said I was shocked because, like, she been it seemed like she'd been in the business for a long time. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Like, maybe she like she she kind of like reminds me of like um, Sean Davari a little bit because like we like you automatically assume that Sean Davari is like this older dude. Like, Brad's like thirty four. Like he's just been started in the really young, some, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go to a promo from Eric Young. He's with Violent by Design. He says. A thousand matches and you decided to challenge me. Violence is the path internally and externally. The only thing the disease understands. Rhino did that and baptised himself in holy waters of change. You're lost in the purity of truth, James. The future of this company and the world hangs in the balance. This world doesn't belong to you. It belongs to us. Um, yeah, just more mumbo jumbo here from Eric Young. Uh, he's gonna fight him. He's gonna fight James Storm tonight. I think that's what he was saying. Uh, sure can talk. Yeah, it's it's a lot of nothing though, isn't it? Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I fight. He, it sounds very impressive, but I'm I'm very very over these Eric Young promos. Sorry. We go into a locker room where Tommy Dreamer has rounded up the women's roster to talk all about Hardcore Justice. He mentions Jazz's career being on the line. It will be Deonna versus Jazz. And Parasso just laughs and says she welcomes competition from anyone. So step up. Dreamer then asks Susan about her friend Sue. And Susan says she doesn't know what he's talking about and doesn't like any of the ideas going through his crazy mind. And then she kind of does a little like stutter, maybe that she's teasing that she might be turning into one of her alter egos but diana calls her so she leaves and snaps out of it this is where dreamer announces that there will be a women's weapons scramble match where all weapons will be legal and the winner will be the number one contender jordan grace right away says she'll be in uh and caleb look rather nervous caleb says that tenille should be the number one contender, but disagrees with all the weapons being around the ring. Havoc says she loves it. Rosemary says match time. And Alicia Edwards comes up to Tommy and asks for the rules and starts begging him to know what the rules are. Um, okay, so what? It, this is a, a scramble match, a gauntlet match. How is this working, Andrew? It just seemed like a lot of words to me. I think, I think it's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. I see, I, I see a lot of uh, sites calling it a gauntlet. Like I, I think that's like that's my initial thought. Of what I just like went by the 
what, what, when I wrote the story on post, I just went by the actual wording and just called it a weapons match, like just to you know make yeah. it simple on myself and like not get like confused. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's a gauntlet match though. Like if you like when you asking about like specifics of it, so yeah, um, I'm I'm interested to see how that's gonna play out. But like I told you earlier, I think it's gonna be a uh, um, Jordan Grace. Getting I the, agree. I think it should be. You know I I don't think there's anyone else there who's who should it should really be. It should be Jordan. The the only only thing that's really going to disappoint me is if what like if Alicia Edward wins. Alicia Edwards if she wins, and then we won't have a follow up uh, deep impact. That's going to piss me off because I I need to hear your reactions to this. Oh well, okay. If if Alicia Edwards wins, I'll I'll do a follow up. No, no, no. Okay, cool. I I am gonna try my best to cover the pay per views anyway. So, uh, as I said, this isn't the end. We gotta get we gotta get me, you, and brother Nate. Absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent rebellion. One hundred percent. We go to our main event of the evening: Eric Young with Violent by Design versus James Storm, being accompanied to the ring by Chris Sabin, Chris Harris, and Jake Something. The match starts with some grappling and Eric Young's just talking a load of trash. Storm hits the jumping knee across the face, followed by a leg drop for a two count. As Storm is distracted by Dina on the outside, Eric Young rams his head into the ring post. After the commercials, we see it's Eric Young dominating. Storm tries to come back with a tornado DDT, but Young counters it into a suplex into the corner. One, two, but Storm breaks the uh, the pinfall by grabbing the rope. Storm finally starts to make a bit of a comeback. There's a clothesline, an inverted atomic drop, a kick to the back of the head, followed by the running neck breaker for a two count. James Storm then hits the eye of the storm, like the spinning release razor's edge looked great. Eric Young comes back with a running neck breaker of his own and a beautiful elbow drop off the top. But Young doesn't make the pin. He's starting to look frustrated. He's gearing up his hand, delivers a big stiff punch. The two start trading blows. Dina tries to get involved again. Storm rolls up Young for a two count, but gets kicked to the outside. And Storm is now surrounded by Violent by Design. But Cousin Jake, Sabin, Chris Harris all come for the save. They're all brawling on the outside. Eric Young grabs his mask to try and use it as a weapon. But Chris Harris grabs his ankle, punches him on the outside. There's then a super kick from Storm. And Storm wins 1-2-3 in 15 minutes, 40 seconds. Yeah, man. Uh, like I, I think this match was more so of the significance of James Storm, like his legacy and impact wrestling, like do a thousand matches in one company. That's a lot. Yeah, that's like, he's crazy. Been with them. He's been with them for a long time. Like he's like really is a staple in impact wrestling says TNA. And I think he deserved uh, this main event and it's fitting that it was Eric Young because they kind of ro- rode the impact uh, wave for quite a long time, even though they both departed for, you know, just for a period of time and then, you know, came back and, you know, but they they've always been pillars of Impact Wrestling just because they've been there through the up and downs of the company. So uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was just cool to see. Like I, I really wasn't like too critical of it because I wasn't like expecting like you know some barn burner. But it was a, it was a, it was a decent match and it was a good watch and it was just more so the significance of James Storms' uh you know his overall run and Impact and uh, it's, it was cool to see Chris Harris get uh, get physical, throw a little right hook at uh at Eric Young. So that that was cool to see. Got, got my hopes up a little bit, you know, but 
Just, just a little bit. But yeah, man, uh, congratulations to James Storm. Uh, hell of a career, bro. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I-, I thought the match definitely kind of the, the circumstances made this made this an enjoyable match it felt like an exhibition almost um i yeah i thought it was a good match and i i enjoyed kind of the the tribute storm gave at the end to bob Ryder, and it was just a nice kind of feel good end with the baby faces posing on the ramp um i believe uh listening to kind of john way i believe eric young like tore his acl did he not yeah he did tear his acl From and he gonna be these- out uh yeah. yeah, he he he's he um broke that news on the um on the wrestling perspective podcast, and he you know openly shared that he suffered a torn ACL and he was expected to be out for six to nine months, which is shitty. Like, cause that like is that cause now like I don't know what the hell uh Cody Dean or um Joe Dorian Rhino is going to do because Rhino just got in the group and I mm. damn sure I'm not trying to see no Rhino led stable. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good on that, Davy. Way good. Yeah, on that. I mean the AC, <laughs> ACL is going to be a lot of rehab and stuff, so I, I doubt you can even really get him there to be a a mouthpiece. You know, uh, I mean maybe yeah. he could do videos from home or something, but um, yeah, you don't. It's not really a stable of talkers, is it? I mean, mm. Dina maybe we he's he's done the comedy well in the past, so maybe with this new character he could find something and find a bit of a voice. Um, but and Doring, I don't think has said a single word since being an impact. Uh, but I, I think I, I feel like it might have happened in this match, and then I, I know he wrestled uh one or two more matches afterwards without really realizing how bad it was. So, um, that's a tough guy right there wrestling through a torn yeah. ACL. Um, but overall, I, I found this a a really good episode. Actually, I, I quite enjoyed the whole whole thing. I thought, um building this rich swan kenny omega story really well i think the x division looks great uh i'm really loving the sammy callahan trey miguel story uh yeah nothing really made me too angry this week i thought it was a very solid outing from impact yeah man this is a it it was a good watch tonight i had no complaints um this is a great way to uh wrap up the consistent episodes of deep impact absolutely remember consider but we but we but one day one day david we shall make this grand grand return but that definitely for the pay-per-views but yeah th- this was a good watch man i enjoyed it um it was great seeing chris harris back bro like, <laughs> great great seeing chris harris back one other note i just wanted to make was matt striker and d on commentary this week um would keep reminding you which is great that impact's gonna be on thursdays moving forward so was reminding us but some of the ways they'd remind us throughout the show they'd go like oh i've delo i've been walking in the in the back and i've been in the locker rooms and and oh that this feeling about moving to thursdays the the locker room are so excited they're so excited about this move it means new opportunities for for all of them and striker throughout the night would be like ah like, I, I never really liked Tuesdays anyway. Thursday, it's always been about a Thursday. Thursday nights are the best night. You're so close to the weekend. And it's like, okay, all right, we, we get it. You're moving. It's, I thought they mm-hmm. did quite a good job. But Striker, you could just try and get him to sell anything and he'll come up with some bullshit about it. I I do find him quite entertaining. 
Well, that yeah. was it for Deep Impact this week. Um, we will be back again at some point. Don't know what kind of form, don't know when, but I am going to try and, and keep up and do uh, Impact podcasts as and when I can because I know uh, I've been getting messages from you guys and I know you've been enjoying it and especially with the AEW kind of crossover at the moment, I definitely want to uh, kind of keep my eye on what's going on. So this isn't a complete goodbye this is just uh, not for now, I guess. I don't know what the saying is. But, Andrew, any final words before we go? I just want i just want to do the outro, the signature Davey Portman outro. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to do that instead this week? I, if, I, if I can remember it. I, th- oh. I, think, I think I know it, but I don't want to botch it. Okay. I'll quickly do the plugs and then I'll throw to you for the end. Let's do uh, it. We've got a lot coming up on Up Next this week. We'll be back. Tomorrow was shot in the dark in the afternoon. John Cena Evo, Evil covering everything you might have missed in the world of wrestling in the last week. That is ROH, AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, 205 Live, NXT UK, NWA Power. You name it, he'll talk about it in 15 minutes or less. And then tomorrow night, our flagship show up next. We will be live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast at 10.15 to talk all about NXT. That's 10.15 Eastern Time. Then we'll be back Tuesday, sorry, Thursday, 1pm with BD Elite talking all about this week's AEW. Over on the Patreon this week, we're doing Was Next going back to March 6th, 2013 NXT where I believe it's going to be Corey Graves, uh, Connor O'Brien, and Jeez. who's the other one? It's a triple threat match. It's it's to determine the number one contender for Big E's title. That's coming this week. We're doing a best match ever. Doink the Clown coming out <laughs> April 1st. You can put the two together there. Doink the Clown on the 1st of April. And then... This Saturday, the main event, it's post-podcast day. Braden and I will be kicking out the events at noon, 12 Eastern time, with worst WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah, we're gonna... We always talk about the best. It's time to talk about the worst. What are the worst WrestleMania matches ever? And Andrew, I believe you'll be doing something on post-podcast day, will you not? Yeah, I'll be joined uh, by Brother Nate Milton, Chris Ely, and Marcus Vandenberg, which I am extremely thrilled about. Uh, I'm 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 ready to laugh, bro. <laughs> I'm just ready to have a good time. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to check out uh, the rest of the shows on the on the proposed podcast. It's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be a good time, man. I'm glad, glad to see everybody get the individual uh, slats, and it's I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna do a great job. It's going to be great fun. Postwrestling.com for all the information there. It's a whole day of post podcasts. It's going to be fantastic. But you can find me at Davey Portman. We are at Up Next Podcast. Andrew, you wanted to close us out, so take it away. Gaskin, follow me on Twitter at adthompson underscore underscore. And check out all my written work over at postwrestling.com and my interview. YouTube channel Andrew Thompson interviews from myself and the up next co-founder Davey Portman stay safe be well 
Ahoy! Training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.